I'm delighted to welcome a new supporting sponsor to the local government news roundup family. It's Ventio, a leading essential infrastructure services provider, redefining service excellence for communities across Australia and New Zealand. Ventio is operating at over 400 sites and with a large and diverse workforce of over 35,000. They specialise in the long-term operation, maintenance and management of critical public and private assets and infrastructure across a broad range of industry segments, including defence and social infrastructure, infrastructure services, telecommunications and transport. For local government, Ventia specialises in the end-to-end delivery of open space management, soft and hard facilities management, street cleansing, minor capital works and much more. Ventia brings capability in whole-of-life asset management and robust use of data for better decision-making for their clients. Ventia, making infrastructure work sustainably for our communities. Head to ventia.com to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Local Government News Roundup. Coming up today, Melbourne Council's grappling with a response to the Israel-Hamas war. The cost of municipal monitors at Geelong in the media spotlight. A former council candidate among the victims of a tragic incident in Dalesford. The latest mayoral election results from Victorian councils. A Sydney CEO accuses the State Audit Office of making implied threats to council staff. New South Wales councils faced with tough rate increase decisions. A Tasmanian council criticised for its response to a right to information request. And disappointment from local government after the King's speech in the UK Parliament. Just some of the many local government stories making news and getting our attention today. Let's round them up. Hello there, thanks so much for joining me for the podcast today, which is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government. Firstly, some stories making news in Victoria this week, and The Age has reported on how Melbourne councils are grappling with their response to the Israel-Hamas war, as one council prepares to debate a motion calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. A motion has been submitted for Mary Beck Council's agenda tonight by Councillor Sue Bolton, calling on the federal government to advocate for a ceasefire, for the council to fly the Palestinian flag and to boycott any companies linked to Israel. The motion has already attracted criticism as being one-sided, hateful and anti-Israel and at least one councillor has indicated they won't be supporting it. It's understood a similar motion is being prepared by a councillor at Maribyrnong, which meets later in the month, and that a statement is being circulated in the sector encouraging councillors to take a stand, quote, against the genocide in Gaza. According to The Age, the statement has so far been signed by councillors from Geelong, Brimbank, Yarra and Merribeck. The cost of municipal monitors at the City of Greater Geelong is under the media spotlight. The Geelong Advertiser has reported that monitors Peter Dorling and Prue Digby, who are estimated to be undertaking two to three days of work per week, are being paid a daily rate of $1,296. While in Geelong last week, Premier Jacinta Allen defended the monitor's ongoing role through to next February, despite having completed the primary task of overseeing the appointment of Ali Wasty as the city's new chief executive. A state government spokesperson told the advertiser that any public release of the monitor's report to be submitted at the end of their term would be subject to legal advice. 
A former council candidate was among the victims of a tragic incident in Dalesford on the weekend. Five people from two families from Point Cook and Tarnit lost their lives when a car crashed into an outdoor dining area at the Royal Dalesford Hotel. 44-year-old Pratiba Sharma, who died along with her husband and nine-year-old daughter, was a candidate for Harrison Ward at the 2020 Wyndham City Council elections. She was a migration agent and a volunteer with the Australian Sikh support. Mayor Brian Hood said it was an absolute tragedy being felt throughout the community and beyond. He said the community grief was palpable at a vigil in Dalesford on Monday night and he urged people to make use of a drop-in counselling service that has been made available for members of the community, visitors or anyone else directly or indirectly affected by the events. The City of Stonington has announced that it will no longer provide aged care services from the 1st of July next year. The Council said that the new Commonwealth Government funding model would make it financially unsustainable to continue delivering the services. The Council will work with current clients and families to transition to alternative service providers. Mayor Jamie Klosaris said the decision had not been an easy one, and while the City had a proud history of delivering aged care services, it would no longer be viable under the new Commonwealth model. Here are some more of the mayoral election results from around the state. At West Wimmerashire, the council has re-elected Tim Meyer as mayor for his second term in the role. Tom Houlihan was elected to the deputy mayor position. It will be the fourth mayoral term for Robert Vance at Pyrenees Shire. He was first elected mayor in 2008 and last served in the role in 2018-19. The council remains one of five that choose not to have a deputy mayor. The question of whether to have a deputy mayor was debated at Northern Grampians Shire this week, with three councillors voting to have the additional office and a majority of four voting against. The mayor was elected along the same voting lines, and that will be Rob Haswell for the final 12 months of the council term. At Ganawara Shire Council, there's a new mayor with Ross Stanton elected to the position. Councillor Stanton is the first mayor from that council's Murray Ward in 20 years. Last year's Mayor Charlie Gillingham will serve as deputy. And last night, Councillor Andrea Metcalf was confirmed as mayor of Greater Bendigo for a third consecutive term. And Matthew Evans is the council's deputy mayor, a position he last held in 2021-22. Kingston City Council has been recognised with a prestigious national award. Its dedicated project management office team has been crowned the national winner for transformation projects at the Australian Institute of Project Management Achievement Awards. The PMO team used an in-house, user-centric and co-design approach to develop new systems and processes in collaboration with various project teams and stakeholders across the council, based on the unique requirements of Kingston. CEO Peter Bean said the award was well-deserved recognition of the Council's fresh and innovative approach to project management. Briefly, in other news, the numbers are in from Ballarat's Biketober initiative, which saw participants ride over 16,400 kilometres, eliminating 472 kilograms of carbon emissions from the city. The City of Ballarat finished in seventh place across government and public services participants nationally and was the second place city in Victoria in terms of workplaces registered. A new gateway sculpture has been installed in Footscray. The 10 metre vertical sculpture called Maribyrnong has been created by renowned Melbourne artist Geoffrey Bartlett and symbolises Footscray's maritime history, drawing inspiration from sailing and shipbuilding. Mayor Sarah Carter said the permanent sculpture at the Hopkins Street Bridge will be a dynamic gateway marker to the city. 
And Mooribleshire has adopted a new CCTV policy, paving the way for the introduction of cameras to monitor community safety, asset security and illegal dumping. The Star Weekly reports that the Council received significant interest in the policy during a public comment period, with strong support as long as strict guidelines are in place. The Council responded to concerns about privacy, ensuring the community that there were no plans to use facial recognition technology. You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup with Chris Eddy. Now let's look further afield for some more media stories on councils. And Ride Council has accused the New South Wales Audit Office of downplaying corruption risks and making implied threats to staff during the investigation into the suspected misuse of public funds. The council referred itself to the Independent Commission Against Corruption over concerns of misusing $35.5 million in developer contributions, prompting the investigation. According to a report from the Sydney Morning Herald, the council's chief executive, Wayne Rylands, has written to State Parliament's Public Accounts Committee, accusing the auditors of a lack of accountability and saying they downplayed corruption risks, concealed information and made implied threats to council staff. Upper Lachlan Shire Council has abandoned a special rate variation process after receiving strong opposition to the plan from its community. The council had given in-principle support to the process after being briefed on the council's financial position. Mayor Pam Kensett said ratepayers sent a clear message across six engagement sessions that they did not support an SRV and would rather see service levels reviewed and internal efficiencies than paying higher general rates. Meanwhile, the Daily Telegraph reports that Dubbo Regional Council is set to consider a recommendation on Thursday night for a special rate variation of 37% over four years. A consultancy report says the rate variation, along with productivity improvements and debt and service reduction, is needed to address a structural operating deficit. Last year's budget resulted in a shortfall of nearly $8 million. The Council aims to achieve a net operating surplus over the next decade. In Tasmania this week, the Mayor of Burnie says a revised rollout of transmission line upgrades on the coast is putting billions of dollars of investment at risk. Tini Brumby told the Burnie advocate that construction delays mean some renewable energy projects planned for the northwest are on the line as a result of the decision. Mayor Brumby flew to Canberra this week to meet with the Federal Climate Change and Energy Minister about the concerns. She said she could not reconcile the decision to delay the upgrades with the state's declared target of 200% renewable energy by next year. Tasmania's Ombudsman has criticised Dorset Council for spending more time fighting a right to information request than it would have taken to fulfil it. The Ombudsman, Richard Connick, said the council appeared to have struggled to objectively assess the application from a resident, whom it was noted had a long-running dispute with the council. The Launceston Examiner reports that the applicant was seeking information about a land valuation and statements for credit cards used by the Mayor and the General Manager. After the initial application was refused, a request for internal review was also refused without reasons, prompting the complaint to the Ombudsman. 
And staying in Tasmania for the moment, Hobart City Council has marked the one-year anniversary of its new portfolio-based governance model, which aims to enhance transparency, community engagement and effective decision-making. Lord Mayor Anna Reynolds said the model had delivered significant and beneficial change after initially being met with some resistance. Key achievements include a 50% reduction in average response time to elected member requests, down from an average 10 days to 5 days. An interim governance review has been conducted, with another scheduled for early next year to ensure continual improvement. In South Australia, a local mayor says she will lie in front of a bulldozer to prevent a major marina development. Moira Jenkins, the mayor of Victor Harbour, was speaking at a rally of residents opposed to a $350 million project proposed at Encounter Bay. The council has voted against the project proposed for an area known as the Bluff, according to a report from ABC News. The council had previously made an allocation of $30,000 to conduct consultation on the idea, but reversed that decision two months later before adopting a master plan focused on protecting the natural environment of the area. In Queensland, the peak local government body has warned against cutting approved infrastructure projects as it would negatively impact financially strained councils and communities. LGAQ says it fears 131 critical projects in Queensland could be at risk from the Commonwealth's Infrastructure Investment Program review, many of which are essential upgrades to local road networks. LGAQ President and Sunshine Coast Mayor Mark Jamison said councils have already planned and budgeted for these projects, which are listed in the federal government's budget. He said LGAQ is strongly opposed to the cancellation or postponement of any pipeline projects, as it would simply worsen the already challenging financial situation for vulnerable councils in Queensland. Here are your national briefs for today. Armadale Regional Council has produced a video aimed at attracting new medical professionals to the region. The video, launched at a world conference in Sydney last week, emphasises the benefits of working in a regional area, including a close-knit community and the opportunity to know patients well. A 1.7-kilometre upgrade to one of Western Australia's most dangerous crash sites has been completed by the City of Coburn, with funding contributions from the Federal and Western Australian governments. The Hammond Road upgrade project cost $22.6 million, and Coburn Mayor Logan Howlett said it was one of the largest examples of sustainable road construction by any local government in Perth. And Adelaide City Council's Christmas decorations have come under fire this week. The Adelaide Advertiser reports comments from a top event coordinator who says they're drab, uninspiring and past their due date. Deputy Lord Mayor Philip Martin said the council could and must do a better job, but he rejected claims that the council has gone for a, quote, povo look. Now on the Local Government News Roundup, it's time for the International Spotlight. Now just before I do that, I thought perhaps for our international audience I should explain what the word povo means. According to the Urban Dictionary, it's Australian slang derived from the word poverty and it means someone poor. Now, here's our UK report to kick off the international spotlight today. In London, King Charles has delivered the King's speech in Parliament. And the local government sector is disappointed that it contained nothing about improving local government finances or furthering devolution. 
Localgov.co.uk has reported on the reaction from sector leaders who say members were desperate for some answers and reassurances in the announcement but left wanting. The Local Government Association has prepared a briefing in response to the speech which it says contained many measures of relevance to councils. They include legislative plans for automated vehicles, smoking and vaping, renters' reform, football governance and terrorism. The leader of Burnley Council and 10 other councillors have sensationally quit the Labor Party this week in protest against Labor leader Sir Keir Starmer's refusal not to push for a ceasefire in Gaza. Sky News UK has reported on the actions of the councillors, some of whom are calling for Sir Keir to relinquish the Labor leadership. They say their membership of the party is untenable and that Sir Keir does not value the voice of the grassroots of the party. Fifty councillors across the UK have now resigned from the Labour Party and called for a ceasefire, contrary to the official party line on the issue. And the City of York Council is seeking feedback from its community on the impact of cutting free school bus services. The BBC reports that the council, which is facing an £11.4 million overspend next year, is considering cuts to save millions of pounds from its budget. A contract for school bus services worth £184,000 per annum is due to expire next August. The council has decided to hold a consultation period before making a final decision. The decision will impact a 24-kilometre route for around 225 students. In the US, the mayor of a council in Idaho was back at the council table this week after being released from jail on a bond. Rick York, the mayor of New Plymouth Council, was charged with aggravated battery and further misdemeanours after it's alleged he shot his son last week. News outlet KTVB7 reported that council members seemed to put the matter aside with no mention of the incident as it considered council business at a short meeting on Monday. Mayor York's son was hospitalised with non-life-threatening injuries. Police have said the mayor has admitted to shooting his son after an argument. And in Canada, a councillor in Ontario has been found in breach of the Code of Conduct for raising her middle finger to a group of residents. CBC has reported that Thunder Bay councillor Rajni Agarwal has been the subject of an investigation by the city's Integrity Commissioner, which received a complaint that the councillor had repeatedly harassed property owners who were doing exterior grading work. The Commissioner has recommended the councillor's pay be suspended for 30 days. The council was due to consider the Commissioner's report this week, but it's now been deferred to later in the month due to technical issues affecting the live streaming of the proceedings. Councillor Agarwal is the fourth current or former councillor to have faced review by the Integrity Commissioner in recent years. And there you have the latest from the Roundup for the 8th of November 2023, brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with its flagship Fast Track Leadership Development Day coming up on Friday the 17th of November for mayors, councillors, CEOs and directors. Book your place now before it fills up. You can find links to the stories we've referenced in today's episode of The Roundup at lgnewsroundup.com along with latest breaking news updates and our regularly updated list of Victorian Council mayoral appointments. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I'll have more of the latest local government news for you on the weekend. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now.
The local government news roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner.